morning, York. How are we doing today? You know, I, I started saying that uh, post-COVID when we all came back to school, and I asked every single class every single day, how are we doing today? And I just can't stop saying it. So every time I get in front of a group of people, for some reason, I always have to ask them how they're doing like I expect them to answer me. So before I get started today, I want to say thank you. Um, to all the students, thank you for sharing part of yourselves. To all my colleagues, thank you for your words. All of you have reawakened a part of my heart, and I greatly appreciate it. This part of chapel and this kind of series we've been going through has been a big awakening for me, and I appreciate everything that everybody's had to say. So with that, when, uh, when Sam asked me to come speak in chapel, I told him I was happy to do so. And then like any good teacher started putting my lesson plan together, writing my outline, and realized I have no idea how I'm going to talk about this. I, uh, I was never a guy that really struggled with identity. I kind of always knew what I wanted to be and who I wanted to be. And that's because I had a really good example. That's, uh, that's little me. And that's my dad. And I wanted to be just like my dad from the time I was born. There were a couple of things about my dad that if you knew him, everybody knew. One, he had an enormous heart. Everybody uh, that we knew was welcome in our house and welcome at our table. He loved every single person he ever met. I never heard him say a bad word about a soul. And I never heard anybody say anything bad about him either. Number two, he was from a very small town in Oklahoma. And he was a legendary athlete on the high school uh, sporting realms. He set a very high standard for what it meant to be a Gilcrest athlete, and I, those were things I wanted to live up to. And three, he was notoriously tough. He once, at the age of eight, on his way out to the fields, grew up on a farm in a small Oklahoma town, fell off the tractor. Not only did he fall off the tractor, but he fell face first, and the tractor rolled right over his back. And my dad simply just got up, got back on the tractor, and went to work in the fields for the day. Um, I could tell stories for weeks, which I won't, about how tough he was. But he was a big example of what toughness looked like. I never saw him wince in pain once in my life. And I knew, because he talked to me about all the great athletic achievements of toughness, like Willis Reed in the 1972 finals going out on a leg that was so bad he could barely walk against the great Wilt Chamberlain and hitting the opening, not only winning the tip, but hitting the first shot of the game and inspiring the New York Knicks to go on and win game seven. I knew about Jack Youngblood in the 1977 playoffs, breaking his leg and never missing a snap all the way to the Super Bowl. And one of my favorite memories was Byron Leftwich when he was at Marshall University, breaking his leg in a game that was so bad, his teammates had to pick him up and carry him to the next play, and he never missed a snap and brought Marshall down from 17 to win the game. This is what I wanted to be. Now, we fast forward a little bit to the 2000-2001 school year, and there were a couple of things going into that year that I knew. One, I knew this would be the last year I ever played basketball. I didn't have any misconceptions about being pro. I wasn't that good. 
I just knew that this would be the last year I ever got to suit up with my teammates and wear a jersey. Number two, I knew we were going to be really good. We had been building to this crescendo for a while, and I knew coming into that year we were going to be something special. And number three, I knew I was going to have some part to play on this team. I wasn't a star player. This year I wasn't even a starter, but I knew I had a job to do, and I was determined to not let anything stop me from doing that. Well, about halfway through that year, right after Christmas break, all of that came into question. We were playing Midland, uh, then Midland Lutheran, who was a really good team right here in the Freeman Center. And about halfway through the first half, I checked in the game and immediately saw my chance to make an impact. Uh, our guard, Tyrone Grady, was pressuring their guards the second he touched the ball. Their guy was vi visibly frustrated. He put his head down and came charging right at me. And I knew that I was going to take a charge. I was just checked in the game. Well, when I did, I stepped over, closed my eyes, because I knew it was going to hurt, and I got absolutely blasted. The guy hit me so hard, it picked me up off my feet, landed flat on my back, and was staring up at the ceiling of the Freeman Center, seeing stars. And there were two moments of shock that hit me whenever I hit the floor. The first was that I looked up and saw the ref called a block. I'm still mad I did not get that call. But the second one was when I tried to get up. There was this pain that radiated from right here in my ribs all the way up into my ear and all the way down into my ankle. And this side of my rib cage, I can't even explain. It was excruciating. I couldn't get up. I couldn't get off the floor. And when my teammates helped me up and kind of waddled over to the free throw line, ready for the guy to shoot the free throw, all I could do was look at my coach and do this, which meant I need a sub and I need one now. I knew at that second that if I told anybody about this, I'd never wear a uniform again. So I did what any very stupid 22-year-old man would do. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell Chad Karcher, I didn't tell my coach, I didn't tell my teammates, I didn't tell my friends, I didn't tell my family, I didn't tell a soul. Well, now we have to stop and change focus here a little bit. Because I'm not here to brag about a positive character trait, I'm here to confess a character flaw. Because this isn't something I just carried over with physical toughness, something that I've dealt with every type of pain in my life. Now, the thing is, I wasn't very good at hiding it. I tried my best, but everybody around me knew something was wrong. My roommates knew that I was sleeping in a recliner because I couldn't get out of a bed. I couldn't even get out of the recliner. They had to come help me out of the recliner every morning. My friends knew, why is he walking to class when it's negative 10 outside? Because I couldn't get in and out of a car. My coach knew something was wrong because I wasn't playing the way I always played. Anybody who knew me could see it. It was all over me, but I did my best to hide it. But with this flaw, I had to think about it. And 
My good friend Dr. Best led me to some scripture to help me through it. 2 Corinthians 11, 30-33, if I must boast, I'll boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows I'm not lying. Now, the writer of this, Paul, is talking about a very different scenario where he's being attacked and people are questioning whether or not he's really the guy they should be listening to. And Paul says, like, I'm not going to play that game. Like, it's not about me. It's about something bigger. So with this, life has brought me a lot of broken ribs. And I treated all of these broken ribs the same. It wasn't very long after that game that I lost my father to cancer. I've lost jobs. When I turned 40, I had to realize there's a lot of life goals I'm never going to reach, no matter how hard I try. And then fighting, losing, and failing at love. All of these have also brought a pain that encompassed every part of my life and sometimes made it hard to get out of bed in the morning. But my weakness is God's glory. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, it took me a while to understand what this meant, because obviously, I don't like to be weak. I don't want anybody to know when I'm feeling weak. So each time I tried to hide my pain, but those closest to me knew it. And it's funny, because I prayed and prayed for God to help me through it. And then when he sent me help, I turned it away. I don't need your help. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I had to realize it's about his perfect strength and not mine. God sent me strength. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way he sent it. So I rejected it. And when I tried to hide my pain from others... This made me a liar, it made me arrogant, and it alienated my friends and loved ones, and it's something I'm still working through. I still love tough guys. I still want to be a tough guy, but I also have to be open and willing to God's help when I ask for it. One thing I can tell you is I'm not the example of how to show God's perfect strength. I've been a bad example of it. I can't tell you what it looks like. I can't tell you how it will appear. But I can tell you what it doesn't look like. We have to be open to God's grace, his mercy, his strength, and his healing, because we never know what it's going to look like. It might just bring you back here as a college professor. So with that, before I end, I want to talk about one more thing real quick. We have a lot of athletes in here, and injuries have a funny thing. If you don't have them intended to, and you don't have them looked after, and you don't take care of them, they never go away. My ribs to this day, the slightest little nudge, set that pain back off, and I'll have a month of hurting. My knee, my ankle... It's all the same way. The size of a little twinge at the age of 45, and I'm hurting. But our hearts do the same thing. If we don't have them attended to, if we don't let them heal, 
that pain will come back. When you have a serious injury, it's hard to trust again. It's hard to trust that part of your body. If you've ever gone through a knee injury, it takes you a while just to be confident in running or walking or moving because you're scared that pain's going to come back. Our hearts are the same way. So when you go through these injuries, be open and be receptive to those around you willing to attend to you. Because if you don't, it could be something you're dealing with for a very long time. Thank you very much.